It's good to be back. Thank you for your uh, grace towards me and my wife and my kids, that we could take a bit of a break. And um, I usually tell people it's quite a difficult time for me to take a break, because that's the time that I feel like the Lord's speaking the most to me. So I'm literally overflowing. Like I was going to preach something else, and I've got so much in my heart this evening, but even as I was just thinking about this year, there's a word that's been coming up a lot, even in my life, and it's the word abide. So I would love you guys to just turn with me to the book of 1 John, 1 John chapter 2, verse 28. People ask me, so how do you know when to preach what word? Well, there's elders. We definitely bounce it off one another. But there's some pointed times for certain words when certain things come. And when you listen, you know, like somebody said to me, so how do you hear? It's like you ask. <laughs> it's that simple. Like, how do you hear, Stephen? Oh, I ask. I ask him. Talk to me. So if he can talk to me, he can talk to you. I'm not special. I think I, I am kind of <laughs> but it's okay, it's okay. I think we should all feel like that, you know, with, with the Lord. But ask him. Ask him what he wants to say to you in 2024. I've challenged some of the calm leaders. So asked him, what is the Lord saying to you? And I'm like, I, I haven't thought about it. Robin, what said he here for you for 2024? I've asked you that question. You still haven't answered me. <laughs> what is the Lord saying? What is he saying? If I meet with you this week or next week, I'm telling you, it's probably the question you're going to get from me. What's the Lord saying? So let's turn to the Bible. 1 John chapter 2, verse 28 says, And now, little children, yo, isn't that a consolation? Is that not that beautiful? How he's calling us little children? Abide in him, so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink back from him in shame at his coming. Jesus is coming back. That you can be sure of. It could be today, it could be tomorrow. It's the one thing that we're sure of is Jesus is coming back. Something that Jesus did on, on earth when he was here, his earthly ministry, something that you will continuously see in most, probably most of the Gospels is this little phrase that he's been using is, follow me. I think the first time that he sees his disciples, he says to them, leave your nets and come and follow me. Follow me. But closer to the end of Jesus' ministry, we start seeing something different. Just before his death, we see him speak about, abide in me. And I think that a lot of followers of Jesus actually forgot the meaning of that word, abide. 
I think sometimes the, the truth of this word is hidden because it's not really a word that is used commonly in our language. In actual fact, if you have to take that word today and you had to actually translate it into modern English, it would be something similar to, let's hang around, hang around. But I can tell you right now, it doesn't mean that. Jesus didn't say, just come and hang around. I think a lot of people follow him, but they don't abide in him. Hear me out when I say that. A lot of people, I, I usually say this, or you're just hanging around him. Are you just following him? And, and I'm like, it's great, you know, Lord, what are you saying? But am I abiding? And I want to look at this word abide, what it really, really means. So it's the word in Greek is meno. And in simple terms, it means to remain in the same place for a long period of time. That's what it means. To remain in the same place for a long period of time. Our lives are so centered around doing things that we don't want to stay in the same place for a long time. We don't want to wait. We don't want to be in a place of pause where the Lord says, stay with me. Be with me. Another version of this word is to make oneself at home. So tonight's preach is called make yourself at home. Have you made yourself at home with Jesus? Don't just hang around and cheers, Jesus. I had enough. Thank you very much. Thanks for, thanks for blessing me. Are you really making yourself at home with him? Is he making himself home with you? We don't want just visitations from Jesus. I don't want just goosebumps on a Sunday and walk out and then Monday I feel nothing. And then I've got to get my fix on Wednesday at community and then maybe on Sunday I'll come back and have another fix. No, I want God to make his habitation with me, to stay with me. That's what I desire. It means to wait, to wait for, to endear Without yielding. You don't give up. You keep on keeping on. Even in times of temptation. Think about that. It means to rest. To bear patiently. See, John commands us here in 1 John chapter 2, verse 28, to abide in Jesus. It means that we need to not just abide today, but it's a lifestyle of abiding. It's a lifestyle of resting. It's a lifestyle of tarrying. It's a lifestyle of staying with Jesus. A continued intimate fellowship. Not when it's going well. 
even when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Let's quickly look at this. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. That's the same word that is used. God was with him. That's what I want. Wherever I go in 2024, I want to be able to say, God is with me. And how do I know that God is with me? Well, Ephesians chapter 5 tells us this. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. We don't just get once off, like a once off filling, thank you Jesus, I got saved, and now I got a filling of the Holy Spirit. No, that word is in the continuous present tense, which means continually you need to be filled all the time. I cannot give from a place of nothing. I cannot minister from a place of nothing. I must come from a place of being filled with the Holy Spirit. I need Him. I need Him. We also need to continually walk in the Spirit. Galatians 5 tells us. Let's have a look at that. But I say walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify or fulfill the desires or the lusts of the flesh. So not just filled, but walking. Can you see that we can do nothing without Him? That's why we need to abide. And how do I abide? Well, by being filled, by being walking, constantly walking. Asking the Holy Spirit every step of the way, which way? What must I do? Remember, God never commands us to do anything that He does not also enable us to accomplish. I'm going to say that again. God never commands us to do anything that He does not also enable us to accomplish. The little Christianese, little saying, bumper sticker theology says, where God guides, He provides. Yes. But it's true. Where God guides, He provides. If God tells me to go somewhere, God's going to be there. That's what Moses said. He says, God, I'm not going to go anywhere until you tell me. Until I hear from you. Our daily theme song, I've got a daily theme song for us for 2024. Listen to these words. I can't in my power. He never said we could, but he can in his power, and he always said he would. Okay, how cool is that? Hey, lacquer, I'm a poet and I know it. I can't, no, I'm not going to sing it. No. I can't in my power. He never said we would. 
But he can in his power, and he always said he would. Okay. Did that come out? Right. Oh, did I? Okay. Because of the new covenant, because of the union that we have with Jesus, because of what Jesus has done for each one of us on the cross, every believer abides in him already. In actual fact, you're already in him. Positionally, you are in Jesus. You are in Christ. Read the book of Ephesians. The whole book of Ephesians, chapter 1, pretty much is all about your position in him as a Christian, in Christ. And eternally. But there is something that we need to walk in every single day and make a decision to abide in him. And the fact is that John issues this command to abide is a call for our daily experience to match our eternal position. So it's not just about, hey, I'm on the glory train. I'm going to heaven. Eternally, I'm positioned in Christ. No, that's good. But John says, be careful. You need to keep on abiding. To abide in Jesus is our responsibility and requires us to make choices to facilitate that abiding. Let me say that again. To abide in Jesus is our responsibility and requires us to make choices to facilitate that abiding. You need to choose to abide in Him. Yes, you are in Him. Yeah, it's, just, it's this dichotomy that we always have. It's the already and the not yet. And there's so many things of this. But there's this one thing that God is requiring of us is to walk in it. And let's see how this works. What is the character of abiding in Jesus? Well, abiding is a relationship. In actual fact, it's a reciprocal relationship. He abides in us, and we abide in Him. Jesus promised this in, in John 14, verse 23. He says this. Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. There's that word, home. Same as abiding. If you love him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. To abide in Jesus is not a static relationship. We used to joke uh, years ago, my wife and I, we used to have two computers in our, I didn't have an office, and we had it in our garage. And those were the years of... Um, what was that? You're not dial-up. What was that program that you could phone people in overseas? Skype. Skype. We used to Skype one another. Like, hey, babes, how you doing? Like I Skype like right next to her, you know. But imagine if I just Skype Debbie all the time. Do you think I have a relationship with her? I don't think so. I don't think so. If I just talk on the phone with my wife and I never see her, I never touch her, I never hold her hand, I never do any of that. Am I, do I actually have a relationship with her? I don't live on the telephone with her. And that's the thing. So what's your relationship like with Jesus? <laughs> what's your relationship like? It's not a static relationship. 
but ever a deepening, joyful, personal fellowship with Him. I must say this holiday was fantastic for me because my, my, my relationship with Him is just so much deeper. So abiding like we just saw speaks about being at home with Jesus. Being at home with Jesus. Being comfortable with Jesus around you. Put up your feet on the couch. Enjoying unbroken fellowship with Jesus. Being open. Being honest. Being transparent. And that translates back into us. How we also live. He calls us to be hospitable. Come to my house and sit on my couch and be open. Be transparent. Talk. Abiding means that we need to have a clear conscience. The Bible says in the last days, people will have seared conscience. They will have a conscience that is seared as with a hot iron. In other words, it's cauterized, it's dead. They don't have a conscience anymore. They don't care. But we as children of the Lord, we should have a clean conscience. Abiding means we confess our sins very quickly, even like tonight, not to be afraid before the Lord, but to confess our sins quickly and seek repentance. What is repentance? Repentance is really super easy. You have walked in a certain way, you turn around and you walk away from it. That's it. You leave all that, you leave the swearing, you leave the porn, you leave the smoking with Jesus. You leave it with him and you walk away. The beautiful thing is in 1 John 1 verse 9, he says that he is faithful and he is just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all that unrighteousness. Return to our love. God is, or Jesus is speaking to John in the book of Revelation in the church. I think it's the church of Ephesus. And he says to him, remember from where you have fallen. Remember from where you have fallen and return back to your first love. That sounds like repentance to me. That sounds like I come back home. And I want to ask you tonight, come back home. If you've just been walking with Jesus, just following, I read my Bible, I, I do this, and I, 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 I mean, I listen to Uncle Angus every, every morning. Nothing wrong with Uncle Angus. He's a great man of God. But when was the last time you asked Jesus? And sit on the couch and ask Jesus what he wants. Relationship. I have a relationship with him. It's the difference between religion and relationship. So quick question. Listen to this question. Who would, after seeking the king's palace, be content to stand in the door when he is invited in to dwell in the king's presence and share with him in all the glory of his royal life. 
I'm going to say this again. There's a lot of things I'm going to say again. If you need the notes, come ask you for the notes. Who would, after seeking the king's palace, king's domain, the king, Jesus, be content to stand in the door when he is invited into, dwell with the king in his presence? I don't know if you've ever seen what they do. But the king needs to extend a scepter. He extends, so you can't come into a certain, a certain um, length of him, right? a certain space. You're not allowed. If anybody of us would just rush into the presence of a king, they would kill you. So the king needs to invite you. By extending the scepter and say, you are welcome to come closer. But that's also to a certain proximity where he'll be able to listen to you. But here's the beauty of our king. He stepped down from heaven. He hung on a cross. And he said, I love you this much. You can be in my presence. By what Jesus did for me and for you. You and I, we can enter into the presence of King, of the judge in actual fact. Into the presence of the Father, boldly the Bible says, with confidence. I can stand before Him. And why would I stand at the door if I can be in His presence? Why would I just look through the window? Why would we do Christian window shopping? Yeah, those Christians say, yeah, I've got some lucky stuff, eh? But you just stand on the outside. Little snot nose against the window. That's all you do. You just look in. Yeah, these Christians. So happy, eh? So lucky. They always get blessed. They always go overseas. Huh? How is it? And I just wonder why. They always shop at Woolies. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm joking. Just looking through the window. Why would you look through the window tonight? You can come in. You can come in. Don't be shy. Come in. Charles Spurgeon once said this. You ought to take care that you abide in Christ. As much as if it all depended upon yourself. And yet you can look to the promise of the covenant and see that the real reason for you abiding in Christ lies in the operation of His unchanging love and grace. It feels like it all depends on you, but really, He loves you. And His grace towards you is come in and come and be at home with Jesus. How do, I abide, how do I abide in Jesus? I want to end. By living as if Christ is coming back today. By living as if Jesus is coming back tonight. Yes, I want to say enjoy life, but anticipate heaven. That is where we're going to live for eternity. As Christians, that's where we're going to live for eternity. 
25 verses in the New Testament talks about the return of Jesus. 25. And it's clearly then a truth that the Holy Spirit desires that it should kind of like marinate in us. So that we are transformed, that we actually start thinking like that. It was Jonathan Edwards, it's one of my favorite quotes. Jonathan Edwards said this. He said, Lord, stamp eternity into my eyeballs so that I can see that you're coming back for me. And this is what John is talking about, that you're not ashamed on that day. Jesus may come anytime. We should be ready all the time. Let's read 1 John again. It's just little children. It's the last hour. 1 John 2, 28. Let's read that again, that first verse. And our little children abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence. You see, the abiding is because I know him now. And do not shrink back from him in shame at his coming. I am known. I want to end with a story. Maybe just close your eyes as I read the story to you. A young boy was playing in his grandmother's house near a large grandfather clock. Noontime was approaching. And when both hands of the old timepiece reached 12, the chimes began to ring. As he always liked to do, the boy counted each gong as it sounded. This time, however, something went wrong with the clock's inner mechanism. Instead of stopping at 12, it kept ringing on chiming 13, 14, 15, 16 times. The boy couldn't believe his ears. He jumped to his feet and ran into the kitchen, shouting, Grandma, Grandma, it's later than it's ever been before. <laughs> In his excitement, the youngster expressed the truth we all do well to consider. It is later than ever been before. In the history of the world, in the days allotted to man, and on God's calendar of events. With each passing hour, the words of James 5 verse 8 takes on an added significance. The coming of the Lord is at hand. This fact, my friends, this evening is both comforting and sobering. It is reassuring to know that the day of our Savior will come for us may be near. But at the same time, we must honestly ask ourselves, am I living in a way that will bring his commendation? In other words, will he say to me on that day, good and faithful servant? Think about it. It's later than it's ever been before. May I live so that I will be ready with joy my Savior to meet and feel no alarm at His coming, but hasten His heralds to greet. Lord, this evening, 
We're looking forward to your return. But in all of this, us as little children, we can abide. We can be at home with you, Jesus. We can have an intimate relationship, a fellowship, a deep-rooted fellowship with you every single day. Yes, we are looking forward. We are looking forward to your coming. We are looking forward to that moment where we will not just see in part and prophesy in part, but that moment that we will see you face to face. But we want to abide. We want to abide. We want to stay in the same place. We want to stay in your presence. Because in your presence there's fullness of joy. In your presence, there's power. In your presence, there's healing. In your presence, Lord. Maybe tonight you're sitting here. You've never surrendered your life to Jesus. You've never been at home with Jesus. I would love to pray with you tonight. If you're sitting here, it's almost 32 years ago. That's more. 32, 33 years ago that I said, yes, Lord. That's me. I want to follow you, Jesus. But I also want to abide with you. You need to say, when he asks you, follow me, that you say yes. Start following him. But don't just follow. Have a relationship. Abide. Is there anybody here tonight that says, that's me, Stephen? I would love you to pray with me tonight. I want to give my life to Jesus right now, right now in this place. Sometimes your heart is just beating in your chest and your hands feel a little bit clammy and sweaty and you're like, oh, I think it's me. I think he's talking about me. Well, I am talking about you. Just put up your hand. I'm watching. I'm checking. I want to pray with you tonight lead you in a prayer as you serve Jesus for the rest of your life I don't know like I said he might come back tonight he might come back in 10 years who knows but I want to follow him I don't want to be ashamed on that day when he returns is there anybody that says that's me I can't see if you, if you did put up your hand in Maybe come and speak to me afterwards. But I want to ask a second group of people tonight. I think the whole evening has been kind of centered around the Lord wants to give you traction and throw off the things of 2023 and get your spikes clean. I say to Steve, the beautiful thing is that shoes are mentioned in the Bible, in the armor of God. In Ephesians chapter 6, it tells us to put on the shoes of readiness, ready to share the gospel. But if I have no traction and there's, there's dirt in my spikes, I will not go anywhere. And I will actually disobey a command of the Lord that says, go into all the world and preach the gospel.